service. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? Just want to welcome you into the pre-party here. Before we get going, quick heads up, dropping two episodes in the feed today. We're doing this pre-party bonus episode, and then we've got a final episode in our Halloween run of Scariest Disgraceland Eps with our Misfits episode as well. That's going to be in your feed today, too, so check that out. And then also, just a quick heads up, you know, for Double Elvis fans out there, we have a show called About a Girl. We just launched a new episode with our host, Nikki Lynette. That's on Patty Boyd, uh, a.k.a. Layla. All right. Check that out over in the About a Girl feed. That's a Double Elvis production. Um, all right. Let's do this pre-party. Let's get into it. Good morning and happy Monday, discos. Welcome to our weekly advanced mini episode, the first communique of the week between you and yours truly, place for us to set the table for everything that we're going to be discussing and listening to this week, specifically this week's continued release of creepy and chilling episodes from the Disgraceland Archive, get you in the right headspace for Halloween. All right, Halloween's tomorrow. Uh, we're also going to get into any and all music news relevant to Disgraceland and its many subjects. And of course, this is where we start the conversation that we continue over a voicemail, text, social media, and in our Thursday bonus episodes. All right, we're in the mini episode here. A little bonus content to kick off the week. Are you ready? Have you carved your pumpkins? Have you watched too many scary movies? Are you sick of your Halloween theme playlist yet? I'm not. I'm not. Is candy corn actually the purest form of evil? Is it? I want to know. All right. You know that we're all about the Halloween vibes here in Disgraceland. I don't know how this happened. I was never really a Halloween guy. And then I started this podcast and now I, I fucking love it <laughs> every year. I look forward to it. I think having kids has something to do with it as well. But today we've got our absolutely depraved episode on the hip hop horrorcore artist, Big Lurch. Classic from the archive. All you new listeners, this episode on Big Lurch was released in our first season of Disgraceland. We fucking dusted off every Halloween. So if you're new to the feed, listen to it, love it, get into it. And if you're just one of the old timers who's been around for a while, give it another listen. 
It it won't disappoint, I promise. It'll continue to gross you out. Tomorrow, do not miss our episode on the Misfits, okay? This is from back in Halloween 2020. COVID times. It's when we dropped this one. If you're into all things ghouls and goblins, Knights of the Living Dead, and etc. and so on, you are going to love these two episodes, Big Lurch and the Misfits. Speaking of the Misfits, Seminal Punk Band was formed by Glenn Danzig, as you're probably aware, but... Did you know that Glenn Danzig got the name for the band from the 1961 movie called The Misfits? The final movie in which both Marilyn Monroe and Clark Gable appeared, but more to the point, Marilyn Monroe was her last movie before she died. Glenn Danzig, I believe, had a little obsession with Marilyn Monroe and who could blame him? Uh, Anyways, the Marilyn Monroe movie, The Misfits, was a movie that uh, some came to see as cursed. So we figured it would make for a good Badlands episode right around Halloween. So over in the Badlands feed, you're getting a Misfits Badlands episode on the Misfits movie. Okay, to coincide with their Halloween Danzig Misfits Disgraceland episode right here in the Disgraceland feed. It's all Misfits all the time for Halloween is what we're trying to say. The crossover you didn't know you needed, but as always, Discos, I'm here for you. I got you. We're doing a little doubleheader with those two episodes this week, and we want to know what you think. So get in touch, 617-906-6638 at Disgraceland Pod on social media. All right, we are back next week with our trailer for season 14 of Disgraceland. And we're also dropping a little collaboration I did with my new friends from the podcast Red Handed, one of the biggest, hottest true crime podcasts on the planet. You know it. I don't even need to introduce you to it. If you don't know it, just look them up wherever you get your podcasts. You're going to dig it. They're great. They have an amazing approach to their show, the way they approach true crime is uh, familiar and unique all at the same time. Uh, Wonderful people as well. I really enjoyed talking to them. And what we're doing is I went on their show, talked to a little Marvin Gaye, uh, spent some time on the Red Handed Podcast. We're going to drop it here in the feed on November 9th. Sort of a, uh, a classic approach to a true crime in music subject, the death of Marvin Gaye. Uh, I covered Marvin Gaye in the Disgraceland format, but now I'm covering it in the, well, I'm not really covering it, but now I'm experiencing it. I'm, I'm finding my, my way through. I found my way through it with the red-handed format as well. Uh, I think you're going to dig it. Check it out. Let me know again, 617-906-6638, and be sure to follow Red Handed Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So... The number one song in America, as of the writing of this episode, is Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. It's been on the charts for 24 weeks. Last week it was at number nine, but perhaps at the release of the Eras Tour movie in theaters recently, it's back up top. I went to see, uh, I can't believe I didn't mention this in Rap Party last week. I went to see Killers of the Flower Moon at a local movie theater, and uh, I went to the bar at the theater, because movie theaters now have bars. Uh, which I like and I don't like, but that's a different subject. Anyways, there's all these people dressed up, screaming, like dressed up to the nines. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And they were there for the Taylor Swift movie. Who knew? Loved Killers of the Flower Moon. Loved it. Loved it. I'll talk about that more on one of the Rap Party bonus episodes. Um, But yeah, Taylor's got Cruel Summer back at the top of the charts. Uh, It's just wild that it's not a new song. It was originally released back in 2019 where it debuted at number 29 and fell down to number 71, then disappeared completely. Uh, until this year. Now it's back. It's her 10th number one hit, which means Taylor Swift is now tied with Stevie Wonder and Janet Jackson for ninth place for the most number one songs, which is hell of a feat. Uh, Something tells me she's going to break that record. 
on her own, all on her own, and keep breaking records. She's Taylor Swift. She doesn't lose. The Kansas City Chiefs might lose, and they will lose eventually. Taylor Swift, she ain't going to lose. All right. Uh, time to shift some gears, get into some Disgraceland subject history. Halloween, October 31st, a busy date. That was the day in 1969 that the Beatles released something as a single in the UK, which is notable because it was the first A-side to feature a song not written by Paul or John, but by George. Uh, as I mentioned before, we get a little George Harrison content over in the About a Girl feed right now. We got an episode on his on his wife, Patty Harrison, Patty Boyd, Patty Boyd Harrison. Um, also, my favorite little tidbit about the song Something, it, it led to... You know, they say creation is love and creation begets more creation. That's why it's so important because it spreads love and it just spreads awesomeness. And something is a beautiful love song. One of the most beautiful love songs I have ever heard in my life. Um, I've learned how to play it and sing it back and front. I have at numerous times played it for people just to just put that fucking song in the air in another way other than just putting on the Beatles cassette that I've worn out. Um, but... <laughs> The thing that something spawned, the quote that it spawned from Frank Sinatra is possibly better than the song itself. Frank Sinatra, the story goes, heard something and he said, I love that song. It's the greatest song Lennon and McCartney ever wrote. <laughs> Which I don't think he meant to be smartass as a dig. I think he literally thought John and Paul or Paul and John wrote it and or sang it. But of course, we know it was George. So it's funny on that level as well. I'm not explaining the joke. You get it. All right, it's a day in 1970, Halloween, October 31st in 1970, switching gears, that Jim Morrison was sentenced to six months in jail and a $500 fine for indecent exposure and open profanity, though he remained free on a 50000 bond pending an appeal, okay? It's also the day, Halloween, 1993, that Tupac Shakur was charged with aggravated assault. And it is also the day in 1994 that TLC, another Disgraceland subject, dropped Creep, their first number one on the U.S. charts. Great song. Also the day halloween 2020 the taylor swift became the first artist in history to have songs in every slot of the top 10 of the billboard 100 at the same time when i tell you she doesn't lose and halloween it's a day back in 1983 that glenn danzig and the misfits played their quote-unquote final show at graystone hall in detroit and tomorrow we re-release our halloween episode on the misfits and you will hear about this show okay features a major moment me writing about the Misfits and releasing it in Disgraceland probably doesn't mean a lot to anybody but me. It's a major moment in my life for reasons you will hear in the episode. <laughs> All right, check it out. It's not your normal Disgraceland episode if you haven't heard it. If you have heard it, please give it another listen for Halloween. It's got all the Halloween vibes you're going to need. All right, speaking of which, let's play this clip from the Misfits right here. Get you guys a little taste. In hardcore, there was no separation between band and audience. There were no bouncers, there was no security, no protecting the sanctity of the rock star. Unlike punk, in hardcore, there were no rock stars. That shit didn't fly. These were the shows the Misfits played. And they didn't know it then, but on Halloween of 1983, they were walking on stage to play their last show ever. By 83, the worm had started to turn in the hardcore scene. Tribes were taking root. Subsets of the larger scene, skinheads, gangbangers, straight-edge kids, college kids, horrorcore kids, goths, even Rastafarians, you name it. The spirit of hardcore allowed entry for one and all, provided you had the steel and an open mind. 
the irony, however, was that the tribalism was demolishing the hardcore spirit, extinguishing its flame of individuality. Glenn Danzig didn't know about all that. He could just sense that things were different. And when he looked out onto the audience from the stage, things were starting to look a lot more like high school than they were the hardcore scene. This dude didn't like that dude because that dude rocked his hair this way and then the other dude wore the wrong colored laces in his boots, but that dude had the wrong braces holding up his Levi's and those dudes over there from the suburbs didn't drink, but the drug dealers were owed money from the gangbangers who hated the Rastafarians who were now hanging out with the Hare Krishnas who nobody liked, not even the Goths who were disliked by nearly everyone and blah blah fucking blah. They looked up at Glenn, anxious for the band to start their much-anticipated annual Halloween show in Detroit at Greystone Hall. One thousand strong in the crowd, Glenn could feel their eyes, all them eyes, on overload, staring him down, burning into him, ghouls, fucking ghouls, he thought. Behind him, his bandmates, Jerry Only and his big little bro, Doyle, the two of them hulking goth versions of Paul Newman's Hanson Brothers jacked on schnapps, Eddie Van Halen riffs, and Gene Simmons' correspondence courses, too dumb to see the irony in the comic book characters they turned themselves into or too jacked on the crowd to care. And their new drummer, Brian Damage Keats, drunk behind the kit for his first gig. This was now too much for Glenn. What the hell had happened? How had he ended up here? In the beginning, the Misfits were supposed to be a rallying aural assault for all the kids who, like Glenn, couldn't fit in. My mirrors are black for you. Glenn wore black and created the misfits in his image to reflect back onto the world the alienation that the world made him feel. The misfits as a band and misfits fans were supposed to feel the same thing, but now this, this was something else. Bigger, stranger, monstrous, an abomination, a monster of his own creation, not by design, by mistake. Ghouls. All right, tomorrow, All Hallows' Eve, you, me, Glenn, the Misfits, Ghouls, you dig it? I dig it. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be back in a flash. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership in an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. 
Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland. All access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. All right, we are back and we are talking about musicians in the news, particularly on the wrong side of the law, transgressive behavior, true crime. Okay, real quick, I want to check in on this developing story surrounding the arrest of Dwayne Davis in connection with the murder of Tupac Shakur back in 1996. Davis appeared in a Las Vegas court recently, but did not enter a plea because his legal representation has not yet been sorted out. Apparently, they couldn't find Jackie Childs. His new attorney asked the court for a two-week delay so that they could figure out who will be his counsel going forward. And the judge said in return that if they don't select someone by November 2nd, she, the judge, will appoint a public defender. And this is the second time that the case has been delayed, okay, due to the same reason, due to legal counsel. And it sounds like Davis here, the suspect, uh, this is going to be his last opportunity to get his shit together. So this Thursday, November 2nd, we're going to see what happens when he's in court. Do we think he killed Tupac? Right? What do we think? I think he may have, may have, may have, allegedly. I don't freaking know, but there's something much larger here uh, relative to Tupac. Okay. A lot of people have asked me about this next musician I'm going to talk about in the Tupac Secure episodes that we did, the more recent ones from uh, season eight, I believe. Uh, a big chunk of one of those episodes, I can't remember if it's part one or part two is given from the perspective of, of uh, Tupac's wife. Of course, Tupac was never married. I don't think he was married. He might have been married early on and then divorced. But uh, this is sort of imagines had he not died and had his life gone completely different. And a lot of people ask me uh, who that person was because she's clearly someone. She's clearly got something going on. She's clearly not just like a, a house mom, housewife, excuse me. Um, and sometimes I answer them, and sometimes I like to keep that in my back pocket and keep the intrigue up. Um, but I will just, you know, I say all that to say that Madonna currently uh, is on her celebration tour, a tour that was postponed earlier this year when she was hospitalized, as you guys probably heard, with a bacterial infection. Uh, she revealed during a show in Belgium that while she was in the hospital, not even four months ago, she was completely unconscious and looked like she wasn't going to actually live, wasn't going to pull through. And she went on to say, quote, it's a fucking miracle that I'm here right now, unquote. And I, for one, am glad that she is. Uh, further proof that uh, Madonna is a survivor. Um, I've never seen Madonna live. I was supposed to go. She canceled in Boston a couple years ago. Didn't happen. I don't think it'll ever happen. Um, I think the Madonna I love is gone and never coming back, but I have nothing but respect for Madonna. I think she's incredible. I think she's one of the most incredible, iconic artists we've ever had in American music. She gets a lot of shit, and I think unfairly. Uh, to hear more about that in my love of Madonna, you can check out uh, our Madonna episode in Disgraceland. For a little levity here, Morrissey, another artist who I have nothing but love for, love the guy, recently gave a uh, pretty interesting interview. <laughs> Uh, morning show on the Fox network. Okay. First of all, the one-time singer for the Smiths, Moz, is planning to release his latest album, Bonfire of Teenagers, which he calls the best album of my life. Back in 2021, that's when this record was supposed to come out, but he had a falling out with Capitol Records. Uh, and he left the label. Uh, and the Capitol's just been sitting on the record ever since, leading Moz to Morrissey to accuse the label CEO of trying to wreck his career. It's, uh, it's a little much, a little much, a little narcissism there, maybe. Um, 
But what's even weirder is that during this interview, the host asked if this will be his last time in New York, and Morrissey replies, I don't think so, unless I'm assassinated. And I have no idea what that means. I find it to be uh, highly entertaining <laughs> and compelling. And uh, Morrissey, like the great pop stars in the history of music, is a uh, complete enigma. 617-906-6638 or at DisgraceLandPod on the socials to get at me and let me know anything you might have on your mind. Or you can email me, DisgraceLandPod at gmail.com. Let's do a couple emails right now. All right, Dane Clark. Uh, Dane Clark writes in subject, funeral song, message from the 801. Tom Petty's Wildflowers would be an awesome tune to play at a funeral. That was, so you guys know, that was uh, the funeral song I was talking about would be playing at my funeral when we were talking funeral songs in the last, last after party. Dane goes on to say, but I'd want time to move on, also from Wildflowers, to be played at mine. Time to get moving on to the next adventure in this thing called life. After all, death is just part of life. And here's a few more songs I'd have played at my funeral, Rockarola. These come from Dane Clark, Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum, Mr. Tambourine Man by Bob Dylan, Ripple by the Grateful Dead, Live Forever by Billy Joe Shaver. Great list, great email. Appreciate it, Dane. You're right. Uh, time to move on. Great funeral song as well. All right, Andrew Hunt writes in, uh, subject, great job, slash question about your scripts. Hey, Jake, thank you so much for your brilliant Disgraceland podcast. I'm a huge fan. I love your storytelling techniques. They're so engaging and gripping. I never miss an episode. I'm a professor of history, and you've inspired me to create my own podcast on pop culture. And I just have a question for you as someone who really admires your work. How long, how many words would you say is your average script for each episode? Keep up the great work. Uh, I teach rock and roll history here at the University of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada, and your podcast never ceased to inspire me in my teaching. Thank you. Warm regards, Andrew Hunt. All right. Hearing from the Canadians. I love it, especially as after I went hard at uh, Premier Trudeau last week and last week's pre-party. Um, answer to your question, Andrew, on how many words, roughly 5,000 words, every block has a word count that we try to adhere to. We try not to go over the 5,000 words. The other writers at Double Elvis are really good about word count. Um, I've got them in, I've, I've whipped them into shape and now I'm the problem. The problem is when the, when the, when the scripts get to be too long, it just becomes too, that much harder to produce. We have to create more music. The mixes become longer, um, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really important uh, to keep people, uh, keep people engaged as well to keep that, that word count really tight. So it's right around 5,000, give or take a few hundred. <laughs> no, it's 5,000. All right, let's do some more. This one comes from David Roberson, writes in, as a tool in die maker slash musician, supreme mathematics sounds as cheesy as anything you've ever presented. David's talking about the supreme mathematics mentioned in the Wu-Tang Clan episode, and of course, the cheese references to all of the Mellotron clips. All right, guys, you want to email me? It's disgracelandpod at gmail.com. All the Canadians who are pissed because I called Justin Trudeau uh, Premier and not Prime Minister, I'm just going to keep going with it, man. I'm going to keep calling him Premier or President. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it wrong from now on because you're so angry. And I get it. I, I, not really. I don't get it. Um, Someone came at me about me not doing research. <laughs> if you only knew. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. Back in a flash. Mm -hmm. 
All right, let's wrap this advanced mini episode up now that we've set the week for us here in Disgraceland. Number one, get ready for the last of our Halloween content hitting your feeds this week in Disgraceland. Big lurch today and the misfits tomorrow. Number two, I've got questions. I'm looking for answers. 617-906-6638. I want to know what's on your mind. I want to know what music you're listening to. I want to know how your Halloween was. At Disgraceland Pod on the socials, disgracelandpod at gmail.com for email. Let me know anything and anything, anything relative to Disgraceland. Hit me, Discos. All right, go hang out with some ghouls these next few weeks. Have some fun. New party, new after party on Thursday. Back here on Monday with another one of these advanced mini episodes to kick off your week and to land this plane. I am going to read to you the Billboard charts for the week of October 29th, 1983, the week that the Misfits played their supposed last show on Halloween night. Number one, Islands in the Stream. Kenny Rogers' duet with Dolly Parton. Last week, three, Peak position, one. Weeks on chart, 10. Number two, total eclipse of the heart. Last week, one. Peak position, one. Weeks on chart, 16. Number three, all night long. Lionel Richie, last week, five. Peak position, three. Weeks on chart, seven. Number four, true. Spandau Ballet, last week, air four. Peak position, four. Peak position chart, one. 13. Weeks on chart, five. 16. One thing leads Number three, to another. King of the Last week, last week. Peak position, peak position. Weeks on chart, weeks on chart, six. Number four, Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it.